time for another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library, where your favorite bookworms give our recommendations from the Delaware County District Library. So don't worry, we'll help you find something new to get lost in. Hello everyone and welcome back to Library Gals Go to the Library. It is June and we are kicking off our summer reading program. We are so excited every summer to get everyone into the library to read, find their summer reads, find their road trip reads, and just keep keep reading throughout the summertime. Our theme this year is Oceans of Possibilities, and we have a guest with us today. We have Jenny, who is the Youth Services Supervisor and Assistant Branch Manager at the Orange Branch. Jenny is my counterpart here at Orange, and uh, we're so excited to have Jenny here to talk to us about summer reading. Jenny, what, what's the story with summer reading? What do we got going on here? Well, summer reading is definitely our busiest, biggest blowout time of year. Uh, We get very excited, especially in the children's department, um, about encouraging uh, kids of all ages and adults as well, which Katie will talk a bit about, I'm Mm -hmm. sure, um, to read this summer. And the reason we focus so much on reading over the summer is because we are trying to help students and help, help kids of all ages avoid the summer slide. So really just engaging their brains over summer so that they can start the new year, the new school year, um, right where they left off and uh, really, you know, engaging them throughout the summer is really our goal. Um, our dates for that, it, it begins on Saturday, uh, May 28th, and it goes until August 19th. So the full duration of summer, families can get involved reading. They need to track their time reading. We have special reading logs with our theme all on them. So they will just mark off every 15 minutes that they're reading. And when they reach six hours of reading, they come in and get a halfway point prize, which is a really awesome color-changing so cup. Cool. Um, the kids at the at the schools we did get to visit this year were so pumped about it. It's stuffed with probably about I think about seventeen or eighteen different coupons uh, for things to do around the Central Ohio area this summer. And so that is their halfway point prize. And then they keep reading. And when they reach 12 hours of reading, they can come in and pick out a free brand new book of their choice. And we'll have those on display in all of our locations um, for them to to come in and select what sounds most exciting to them. Absolutely. And when this episode comes out, it will be already well underway. So you'll be able to stop into any library location to pick up a prize. And even once you finish your 12 hours, just keep reading all summer long. And for the grown-ups that come into the library, either with kids or on their own, kids are not required for summer reading. We do have an adult summer reading program as well. Adults get a bookmark at the adult services or reference desk here at the library. And you end up with a bookmark where you can write down four books that you have read or four programs at the library that you've attended, or some combination of both of those. Every bookmark you turn in is an entry for a grand prize, 
That prize is a night out at the Cohatch Theater in downtown Delaware. I think this is such Very a cool, cool prize. It's essentially like a, a free party room for you and up to 32 of your friends. You can show a movie. It is a movie theater. Or you can just have a party. You can play music. You can get a DJ. You really could do whatever you wanted in this space. Food and drink are allowed. You could have it catered. You could bring in whatever you want. You could cook a meal and bring it in. Um, that is the grand prize. When you turn in your first bookmark at the desk, you do get a small tote bag as well or like a backpack kind of thing. So if you need something, you know, to incentivize you to read this summer, uh, please stop in and pick up a bookmark. And if you're taking your kiddos to programs, you can also count those on your bookmark as an entry as well. We really just want to make sure everyone knows they're welcome here at the library this summer. Absolutely. And I, I love that you brought up programs because that's another huge part of summer. And I won't go into all the nitty gritty <laughs> of that because it will take us all day. But there are several programs for you to check out this summer at all of our locations. So I encourage you to go to our website at DelawareLibrary.org, um, click on the events page and just just really, you know, scroll around and see what sounds interesting to you. Yeah. And we're really hitting the ground running. I know we have, uh, is Taekwondo next week? It is. We on have Friday? Tiger at here at the Orange Branch. We have Tiger Woo's Taekwondo. Um, it's going to be on Friday, June 3rd. That's our first, um, I guess, official summer reading club program going on, and it, it's a lot of fun. It's for school-age kids. Um, they, In past, I've seen it, and they, they get the kids whipped into shape, <laughs> uh, which is really fun to see kids just yelling, yes, sir, no, sir, um, no, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Uh, and so they, they really teach them the basics of taekwondo, taekwondo and uh, really help them to uh, really develop some really exciting discipline as well. <laughs> I love that. That's it's pretty awesome. Fun. It's pretty cute to see. I cannot wait to see that. So the theme, as we said, is Oceans of Possibilities, and I think this theme is a good one for both of us, yeah. knowing oh, where yeah. our interests lie. Um, so we have recommendations for all ages this year. I mean, they're just going to keep coming because there's so much to do with this theme. Uh, underwater creatures, the health of the ocean, recycling, pirates, sandcastles, like literally mermaids. mermaids. <laughs> yes, exactly. So there are so many things that we can talk about, but I think Jenny and I have a few mutual favorites that we're going to bring up. So do you have recommendations? I have a few, yes. So um, a couple I wanted to share quickly that I think um, the series as a whole are great for kids this summer, especially reluctant readers, um, is the National Geographic Kids so cool sharks this is part of a series there are some that are so cool like leopards but there's also like so cute penguins <laughs> um, I wanted to share this because it's got a very comic-y kind of feel so if your kid likes comic books graphic novels um, it's got some pretty silly illustrations oh. <laughs> with like sharks wearing sunglasses and things but it gives you lots of facts but it, I love this kind of book because you can keep it very basic for our younger kids but you can really dive into some more details on each page so it kind of gives you the option as the reader, how much you want to you wanna, um, invest in this book, I guess, or how much you want to spend reading it. So that's one series, So Cool Sharks, National Geographic Kids. Check out those. Another one I want to quickly talk about that is an obsession of mine is the Titanic. Mm. So, um, I mean, I could have brought in probably 50 books to talk about, <laughs> about the Titanic. Um, but this one is part of the Interactive History Adventure series. It is a choose-your-own-adventure, um, part of the You Choose Books, I guess, is the larger um, umbrella. 
but it involves three story paths, 35 choices, 15 endings. So it really um, engages kids. They can pick and choose what they would do in different historical situations. And this one is the Titanic, but there are several others. Um, the Golden Age of Pirates is another one I would recommend oh, for nice. this summer. Are those in nonfiction or fiction? The, that's a great question. So these are actually in our nonfiction uh, section. So they will be grouped, like, for example, the Titanic one would be grouped with other books about the Titanic, and the So Cool Sharks would be with other books about sharks. Excellent. Yes. Those choose-your-own-adventures. I have never heard of a choose-your-own-adventure but nonfiction story where you're yeah. still following a, a real path of choices people actually had to make. That's excellent. And the last one, I guess, for younger kids I would really love to push um, mm -hmm. on this podcast is The Magnificent Book of Ocean Creatures. Oh, that's beautiful. So this is also, I love series for kids because once they find one, they can really get hooked and, and read all of them. This is part of the Magnificent Book series. There are others about reptiles and lizards and dragons has one. Um, but this one focuses on real-life ocean creatures. And my favorite thing about this book is it gives you kind of just some general bullet points, but it gives you a comparison, little, little picture in here, of how big some of these ocean creatures are compared to a human. Oh. And it is kind of terrifying, uh -huh. <laughs> but really, really fascinating. Like the whale shark one is, you know, up to 30 feet long, could be 40,000 pounds. Um, and it, you know, these these are just like monsters, basically. <laughs> um, they can bring in about approximately 25 gallons of water, passes through their their mouth, the whale shark's mouth, every minute. Oh my gosh. And it's just fascinating. There's another one with like the giant squid that oh. is kind of terrifying, and its eyes are as big as a human head. <laughs> so you learn all kinds of weird, creepy facts about kind of the what's lurking in the depths of the ocean. So I would recommend The Magnificent Book of Ocean Creatures. And it's beautiful, too. It is. It's beautifully illustrated. And it's one of those big coffee table books that you're kind of hard to find sometimes. So mm -hmm. I love I love taking that home. Excellent. Oh, that sounds great. Um, I And I, I mean, we have a display out right now, and it's one of those displays where every time I walk past it, I find something else I want to grab and read, which I really love. I am a huge fan of all things shark. Sharks are the scariest and most amazing creature in the ocean, to me anyways. So I have read a ton of even picture books about sharks. I think they're kind of portrayed in a really fun way in picture books. They're always kind of the big, mean bully, and always the storyline goes that, you know, something happens where people realize the shark is actually a pretty nice guy, which I like a lot. Um, but I do have a few recommendations for some movies here. Um, I'm even going to help you put together a little bit of a film festival this summer if you want. My birthday is in July, and summer is truly, like, my season. I feel like that's the time that I like to just really thrive. And part of that is always putting together a shark-themed movie binge watch at my house. And as I was researching this, I actually ended up putting three new ridiculous-sounding shark movies on hold myself. So I can't speak to those, but I've got a huge list here of the Beyond Jaws summer movie list. So Jaws, a hands-down favorite. I just love that movie so much. Yeah. I mean, if it's on, you have to watch it, right? It's, absolutely. And I, I even brought trivia to test you if you have time. Oh, so, oh I love it. Okay, so we'll let's, do that get, in a minute. let's get through this, and then I will <laughs> test my, my uh, medal at Jaws trivia. So there are so many shark movies beyond Jaws, and I put them into some categories here. So if you're in the mood for some really silly, ridiculous shark-related movies, I would recommend 
all three of the Deep Blue Sea movies. There are mm-hmm. three of those. Um, there is also House Shark. Oh, Sh- I don't know that. House Shark is very ridiculous and very enjoyable and kind of silly. Um, this fits in the silly uh, frame of these movies. Also, there are six Sharknado movies. Six. Six. Each one is oh. worse than the other. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> they are not good, but if you want a stupid time with sharks, Sharknado is where it's at. We have Toxic Shark, which really I, lives up to its name. I was gonna I can kind of picture what uh-huh. that one is. I yeah. don't think you need to explain that one. <laughs> and then my favorite of this list personally is a movie called Bait. Oh. And Bait, the premise of Bait is there's a tsunami in Australia. The tsunami floods this small beach town, and the parking garage is underwater, so we have a couple who are stuck in their car, sealed in, but the rest of the people in the movie are stuck inside a mostly flooded grocery store. So the water is about up to the level of the tops of the freezers, so people are, like, marooned on freezers and the top of shelves, and lo and behold, the tsunami has brought great white sharks into the grocery store. So they're stuck in a grocery, but they're being attacked by sharks, and it's pretty incredible. That is bait. Bait, okay. Uh I might have to watch that. Yeah, that one is pretty great. Uh, Of the silly movies, that one's my favorite. Uh, if you are in the mood for a, more of a slasher vibe, we have Shark Night, which mm-hmm. is teens going on a vacation and sharks show up. It's pretty self-explanatory for a slasher shark movie. Also non-shark related, Lake Placid. Do you okay. remember Lake Placid? I, it's been forever. Oh my gosh. Forever. Um, Bridget Fonda and... Um, oh, I'm having a hard time remembering all the stars in it. I will kick myself later, but that one is a riot. It's actually alligators. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Massive alligators. Okay. There's a great cameo towards the end of the movie <laughs> um, that I'm not going to spoil. Lake Placid is a fantastic summer movie. You know, if you're up for like a, I have a projector in our backyard, this is a perfect yes. projector movie. And if you're going for an older film that really takes. Obviously, a lot of uh, influence from Jaws and any other slasher movie. Um, Piranha is I one. I think to I've take seen that at. one too. Mm-hmm. That yep. one's pretty pretty ridiculous. <laughs> if you're more in the mood for action and adventure, and you still want to catch sharks while you're at it, uh, The Meg. Yes. That one is more recent. Um, Seeing that movie in a theater was one of my favorite experiences in a movie theater in a long time. Um, The Meg is just hands down wild. Um, 47 Meters Down. I was really impressed with the first of these movies. You really loved that one. It really freaked me out. It was scary. So two girls are in a shark shark cage. They are sent 47 meters down to observe sharks on a fun beach vacation. And the boat uh, has an accident. I think that it, the cage is kind of damaged, and they are stuck in the bottom of the ocean. And, of oh, course, no. sharks show up, and that one is pretty horrifying. Um, along those same lines, there was unca- 47 Meters Down Uncaged. That was a follow-up film. A uh, girl and all of her friends go scuba diving, even though they've been told not to. They're cave exploring while they're doing that. Sharks I, show up in the cave. Yeah, the yeah. cave. I like the cave kind yeah. of exploring. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of like um, if we're looking at like the descent, but with yes. sharks. Yeah, yeah. and yes. underwater. Yes. <laughs> um, Redwater is also a ridiculous movie that I found. Um, Redwater is uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is in this okay. movie, and it may have been a made-for-TV movie where a shark gets into freshwater and is attacking oh. people in the bayou, essentially. Okay. So that one was 
Sharks everywhere. Sharks everywhere, <laughs> all over the place. And then for really, truly horrific movies um, that really kind of feed, for lack of a better word, on your fears, um, The Shallows. Have mm-hmm. you seen I that have one? Seen that oh one. I did really gosh. like that one. That, that one good. is really well done. Um, it's Blake Lively. She's a yes. surfer, and a shark attacks her, but the shark also is circling her, and she's stuck on a coral reef. Yeah. And that one, that one's really, really well done. Um, Frenzy, which honestly I don't actually remember a lot of Frenzy, but Frenzy's another shark movie. And then Open Water. I loved Open Water. Oh my like, gosh. It does not get talked about enough. No, it doesn't. And I'm I'm definitely the type that likes that sort of found footage or, you know, like where it's it's sort of filmed in a way that makes it feel very visceral and very real. Very real. And like puts you right right there. And mm-hmm. that one does it so well. So Open Water is a story of a couple and the the story itself is probably mostly made up, but the yeah. setup for the story is very real and very terrifying. A group goes out on a boat on a scuba excursion. Uh, It's a large tourist group and the group all gets back on the boat and two people get left behind. Yep. And they have absolutely no way of contacting anyone. They are just in the ocean and their boat is gone. It's so scary. They have nowhere to go. They're stuck in the water. They have nothing to stay afloat on. They're just in scuba suits. And, oh, my gosh. There were three total open water movies. The third one also involves sharks. The second one is really scary because it's just a group of people who go out on a yacht. Uh, Mm -hmm. They all decide to jump into the water. The last person on the boat is thrown into the water, and they realize once they're in the water that no one put a ladder out. Oh, so they're actually no. just <laughs> that's even more frustrating. <laughs> that would be that would be more like likely to happen to me. Yes, right? Yeah. And it's just this like heart sinking feeling uh, where you're like, oh, we can't get back to yeah. this boat. So And it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. Ta- so those, taunting that's, you. I think that's open water three or two. I don't the open water movies are all really good. Um uh, for just really diving into your fears of the ocean. <laughs> so those are some some fun uh, summer movie f- options to fill this theme. Um, I think I'm ready for my Joss Trigger. Okay. If, and if, I, do you have anything else you want to recommend? I have a couple. Yeah, go for it. But um, but if we're on Jaws, we could do that first. Okay, like. all right, let's. So, okay, I've got a couple here. You probably know these, but do you know which line in the movie was ad-libbed? Not scripted. Uh, my guess is we're going to need a bigger boat. Correct. Hey, all right. <laughs> do you know, first of all, you probably know what the shark was nicknamed. Yes. Shark well, was nicknamed Bruce. And do you know after who? Um, who was it nicknamed after? Oh, gosh. I don't think I do know the answer to that one. So this is all according, I should say, I should cite my source. This is all according <laughs> to IMDb. Uh-huh. Um, but director Steven Spielberg named the shark Bruce after his lawyer. Oh. Apparently, which I thought was pretty funny. That's great. Um, do you know why author Peter Benchley was thrown off the set after objecting to the climax? He had some other ideas he wanted. Wasn't, weren't they all supposed to die? I believe, but it was also, he wanted, so he was trying to weigh the story down with too many subplots, and <laughs> this is crazy. He wanted more romance and uh-huh. a mafia intrigue. Mafia intrigue. Which so, I don't know how that would really fit the in. The book but, came out in the 70s. Have you read the book? I have not read the book, to be like quite honest. Late, late yeah. 60s, early 70s, I think, and uh, I haven't read it, but one thing I've heard is that there's a plot line in the book where um, Brody's wife, Ellen. Okay. And Matt Hooper are having an affair. Oh. Okay. And there are very like specific scenes where the two of them are like having this clandestine There's, romance. There we go, so the he probably plot. wanted to throw that in, but this is truly a shark movie. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what year it came out? 
Oh, 73? 75. Oh, so close. Now, this is less of like me testing you and telling uh-huh. the people the listening. People? Uh-huh. Uh, but there are over se- 67 million people in the U.S. went to see this film. And it was, when it was initially released uh-huh. in 1975, it was the first summer blockbuster, according oh. to IMDb. So nice. That's interesting. Yeah. And then I think my, oh, yeah. And this part I thought kind of ta- spoke a little bit more toward why this film is so effective is that it was shot roughly, or Steven Spielberg, yeah, Steven Spielberg (laughs) shot roughly 25% of the film from water level to provide their viewers the perspective as as if they were treading water. So I think that's what makes it so, you know, so so fascinating as a film. And you don't see, I mean, the the, the least amount that you see the shark, which... Yes, I appreciate. I do too. And the shark was so problematic that it was, you know, they thought they needed to show the shark all the time, but not seeing the shark makes it so much scarier. Absolutely. You know, like the the scene where the shark takes the roast and you just see a chain Mm -hmm. coming off the dock and going out to sea. That's terrifying. That's all you need you to see. Because you don't know what's yeah. under there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. It's time. I think it's time for me to start my Jaws, my Jaws oh, watching yeah. for the summer. It's, absolutely. It's time. What else do you have to recommend I, to us? Well, this is a short one that I was. I want to re-explore, but uh-huh. Sphere by Michael Crichton. Okay. This is sort of, if you like more sci-fi, and I think what I like about, and I haven't read this book in years, and I want to reread it, but it's basically about a huge vessel discovered on the ocean floor mm-hmm. that may or may not be an alien vessel. So it's sort of people, um, there's three different main characters, I believe, from what I remember, that want to go inside of it to explore it. So if you like more of, like, that creepy, like, kind of like the Crichton-esque sci-fi, I would recommend checking this one out again. It's been years since I've read it, but I want to reread it. So it's one that I just found the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, I loved this book when I was younger. And this was interesting on the back. It talked about how Michael Crichton, um, as a filmmaker and writer, he had the number one book, movie, and TV show simultaneously. What was the TV show? Do you remember? Uh, ER. ER. So he did ER. I'm imagining what the book and the movie would probably be Jurassic Park mm-hmm. all at the same time since those were all in the same time period. But anyway, I thought that was oh, interesting too. Oh, that's really too. cool. Yeah. And I wanted, if you haven't talked about Our Flag Means Death, no, I have to You talk have about to tell it. me because I need to know more about it. I haven't because watched it yet. It is, this is an adult recommendation. It is HBO Max, so it is for, you know, it is more of that kind of style of comedy. Um, but it is hilarious. I love it. I talk about it to everyone. <laughs> it is about pirates, so oh. it does fit into our theme it this does. summer. It uh-huh. And it's Loosely based on the life of Steed Bonnet. So in 1717, Captain Bonnet, he is an aristocrat who abandons his comfortable life and his family life to prove himself as a pirate. (laughs) So he just has this like midlife crisis and decides that he is going to act upon that by becoming a pirate. And this is during the golden age of piracy. But he has like zero experience (laughs) or aptitude for anything he's taking on. Perfect. He buys a ship. He hires pirates. He pays them a living wage. (laughs) But he's repulsed. What I love about it is he's just um, so, like, I don't know. He's almost like a kindergarten teacher (laughs) in some respects. Like, he's repulsed by bloodshed. He's trying to, like, bring this crew together. He's got little, like, mottos for them. Um, It's incredibly endearing. Like, in episode one, he assigns them to each design um, a flag, almost like an arts and crafts project. (laughs) Um, It's got, if you've liked Ted Lasso, which I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan, um, Mm -hmm. this one has a lot of that kind of um, generally positive comedy and just sort of like that found family vibe, which I always gravitate toward. Nice. So I would really recommend it. Also, um, eventually, like halfway through the first season, they run into um, the notorious pirate Blackbeard, Uh who they allude to a lot, and it is played by Taika Waititi. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love him. And it is completely delightful, but I will say the end of the season made me so angry. It has tons of unfinished business, and I'm extremely anxious for the new season. So there will be a second season? I don't know if that has been Ooh. officially um, like publicized yet or not. I'm okay. not sure. But I, I can't wait. It's really fun if you're looking for just silly... It's kind of stupid humor <laughs> um, on HBO Max. That is our flag means death. Fantastic. That yes. sounds excellent. I just have a few more movies I'll mention here before we uh, toss it over to Via for a book recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, for any non-shark-themed films, um, you mentioned Sphere, which I think yeah. that was also turned into a movie, which it I was. forgot about. Um, the Abyss. I need to see for The Abyss. Underwater yeah. creepiness. Um, Titanic. Obviously, if you want a non-summer, still ocean-dwelling movie, uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. This is um, a Wes Anderson movie, one of my favorites of his. I adore this movie. Super quirky Bill Murray, Wes Anderson movie. Um, and a new one that I am curious about called Underwater that it sounds very similar mm. to something like Sphere, where a, a lab underwater is, uh, something is happening in the lab, things are starting to go wrong, so people have to dive down to the lab and see what's happening, and they presumably get trapped under there, but Kristen Stewart is in this one, okay. and it just came out in 2020, so I'm going to take a look at that one. So Underwater is, is out on DVD. All of the movies we've mentioned are available through the library, uh, and all the books that Jenny mentioned are available as well to put on hold. Mm-hmm. You can give us a call here at the branch or at any of our locations to request any of those. There will be show notes that have these listed, so they'll link to the catalog. And um, the only one that we don't currently have available, but hopefully will make it to DVD, is Our Flag Means Death, which is streaming on HBO Max if you have access to that. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, happy summer reading, everyone. Uh, If you have heard some young, happy voices in the background, summer reading is already in full Full force. force here at the Orange Branch. So even through our booth, we can hear very excited young readers ready to kick off their summer, and we hope you're excited to kick yours off as well. So we're going to pass it over to Via for a book recommendation, and you should add that one to your list to read as well. Thanks a lot, everyone, and thanks, Jenny, for being here. Thank you. Hey, it's Via here with another book recommendation for you. Summer Reading Club has started, and this recommendation is just a reminder that uh, summer reading is not only for kids. Adults can certainly participate on that. And uh, since our theme is Ocean of Possibilities, I have a recommendation that is also about the deep ocean, appropriately named The Deep by Nick Cutter. Um, This is a uh, horror sci-fi, and uh, it starts off with a strange plague called the Gets uh, is decimating humanity on a global scale. It causes people to forget small things at first, like where they left their keys, then the not-so-small things, like how to drive or the letters of the alphabet. Then their bodies forget how to function involuntarily, and there is no cure. But now, far below the surface of the Pacific Ocean, deep in the Marianas Trench, ooh, here, therefore, unknown unknown substance hailed as ambrosia has been discovered, a universal healer from initial reports. It may just be the key to a universal cure, but in order to study this phenomenon, a special research lab, the Trieste, has been uh, been built eight miles under the sea's surface. But now the station is incommunicado, and it's up to a brave few to descend through the lightly fathoms in hope of unraveling the mysteries lurking in those crushing depths. So yeah, I love um, 
ocean stories um, in any form. I love ocean video games, ocean movies. Like I, I just think sort of like cave movies and space movies, there is just such a, a tenseness and a claustrophobia that can be created as well as a calming thing. But especially if you're looking for like sci-fi, fantasy, horror, definitely uh, the first part of that that I said. Um, but there's so much of the ocean that we haven't discovered that it always just uh, especially creeps me out, especially when you get into those places like the Marianas Trench and those places that uh, um, even in movies, you know, with the most um, sophisticated tech and breathing apparatuses, people can't breathe and, and exist very well down there so or even explore it. So with this one... Um, I've had Nick Cutter on my to-read list for a while now. Um, having heard of his books in just about every horror lit forum that I've looked up, he's one of his books is always on there. Usually it's The Troop. He's most known for his book The Troop, which kind of got him on the map and got people talking about him a lot in horror communities. Um, but funnily enough, the first book of his that I actually read was um, an audio book, and it's one of his newest. It's called The Breach. And I loved that one, and I'm hoping it gets a physical book release in the future. Um, so so the, the Deep is the first official book book of his that I've picked up and physically read, and man, it packed a punch. Uh, the beginning of the book had me hooked instantly because of this mysterious event of the gets, which I'm assuming is just kind of like a slang term for like the forgets. Um, it's sort of basically like a disease, like Alzheimer's, um, but that anybody can get at, at any age, um, you know, littlest kids to whatever. Um, there's also, it starts off with, with so many events at once. It's that, it's the disappearance of the main character, Jake's son. Um, it's the condition of the last scientist uh, that was down in this um, Trieste lab. Um, the condition he's in when he comes to the surface from the underwater base. And um, it's the communication log that Jake's brother sends to him. And that's actually what gets Jake to the... Um, kind of the, the lab, the area that has been working with his brother um, and, and what leads him to going down into the deep ocean himself uh, to go find his brother and see what he needed. So um, the character building in this is wonderful. I really felt for Jake and I instantly loved the character LB, who is a dog. Um, and uh, they had such a, a wonderful bond that you could really feel through their journeys together. Um, I also thought that Al, um, which is a female character, was extremely well written and it didn't make me cringe at like bad female character writing. So good job Cutter, definitely loved that. Sometimes there can be some huge criticism from um, male writers really not writing female characters in a realistic way, um, but he did an excellent job. The only character that I really wish had been fleshed out more was Clayton, and that's the name of Jake's brother. Because he was such an interesting character and it was also, there was, there was so much mystery around him. Um, that he came out a little more one note than I expected by the end. Um, his nature came off almost sociopathic, and I was really intrigued to learn more about his past and his reasoning behind kind of the disconnect he has with people. Um, but he wasn't built up nearly as much as the rest of the characters in the book um, that were more of the focal point of the story. And I don't know if that was to keep kind of the mystery, but I was kind of hoping at least um, once you learned more in the book that that would have happened to me in the later half so but still great characters and and equally interesting uh, you know he's still a very interesting character so once these characters get below the water in the underwater lab where um, I would have assumed that some of the more Lovecraftian like monster or creature feature things would have happened um, it instead dives into a more psychological horror that's not to say there won't be some creepy things um, that psychological horror can obviously be absolutely terrifying but that's not to say that there won't be some 
weirder, more physical, not in your mind horror things that will happen too. So hang tight. Um, but it's totally understandable that people would begin to lose their sanity and have kind of a, is it real or is it a hallucination moments when you're in um, a confined uh, lab deep under the ocean that has to be, you know, sealed completely tight so none of that water can get in. Um, so it definitely has a great setup for psychological horror, and there's a lot of that at play with our character, Jake. Um, it did become a little repetitive, um, kind of uh, near the middle of the book, but um, that's definitely when things picked up, because in um, this book is, is separated into parts, and so uh, it picked up in part four a lot. Um, part four is sort of where the huge bang happened where things were extremely creepy and enjoyable to read up until that point and then just all crazy broke loose um and i, I definitely got more of that um sort of lovecraftianness that i was looking for so man the all i can say about part four to start is ooh, the deep did me dirty. <laughs> it has been a long time since a book has given me such a visceral and physical reaction as part four, which is called Honeycomb of the book. Um, I, I will be totally honest, I bawled my eyes out on my couch. Um, and it was just, it was a very squeamish part. Um, those of you who have read this book will know what I'm talking about most likely, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to spoil this book too much. All I'm going to say is, um, and this isn't the entirety of what I'm talking about with part four, but I will say it's part of it. If you do not like um, animal deaths in books, do it, like if it really bugs you, don't read this book. I'm just going to say right now, like like my my trigger warnings for this book is if it deeply disturbs you for things to happen to animals. Do not read this book or just know going in that it's going to happen. I do highly recommend this story. It's fantastic, but. Oh, that that part really messed me up for for a bit. I was very unhappy, but it it didn't take away from what what was a very decent book. Um, also, if you are um, not good with body horror, this has a lot of body horror near the end. Nick Cutter is kind of known for doing stuff like that. Um, actually, I won't even read his most well known book, The Troop, because it has more of a squeamish buggy kind of body horror that I really just don't want to get into. Um, so, um, yeah, if, if those are some things that, that really get to you, um, and you don't think you can handle that, just know going in that is in this book, there is a lot of it. Um, so, but like I said, there's also a ton of psychological horror and I am, this is a recommendation. So I just want to make sure, cause I know with horror that people, um, you know, everybody has their different things that scares them. And the last thing I want to do is traumatize somebody cause I know I'm a big horror fan. And this one, even for me had some parts that, that really got to me. So just want to make sure that people have some kind of warning going in. But overall, I really enjoyed this book. I thought it was thoroughly creepy and really emotional in parts um, because it deals a lot with, um, you know, childhood trauma and things that went on in Jake and Clayton's past. And you learn about some of the other characters. Um, and so you really learn about like his life as a little boy and some of the stuff he went through. And, and it helps to, to make you feel for both of these people. Um, so 
you know, there were a few elements in here that I, I couldn't ignore um, that kind of um, like slowed the plot, but it did not keep me from loving it at all. Uh, that said, I, I definitely, yeah, like, like I said, I wouldn't discourage people from reading this. I was entertained and interested um, in what was going to happen next the whole way through, um, and I definitely still want to read more Cutter. Um, so I am going to have to wait and see where this book falls on my list compared to his other books if I were to rank them. I, I have to get a little more of his under my belt. Um, but yeah, so um, this is great if, like I said, if it makes you squeamish, you know, if you're okay with that, definitely pick it up. If you love horror, definitely pick it up. If you love creepy ocean things, if you're a fan of The Abyss, the movie The Abyss, you know, things like that, I, I definitely think that this is something that you could enjoy. Um, and also, if you um, are just looking for an underwater romp from a horror writer that maybe you haven't checked out yet. He's definitely um, a buzzy name these days, but, uh, you know, he, he has a, a shorter uh, span of work that he has, and some people still, still might not know him, but it's Nick Cutter. And you can find the book The Deep um, in the adult fiction section under C-U-T. Again, it's called The Deep. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to put that warning out there again. Remember, this is horror sci-fi. It's going to get gritty. It might get a little gross. It's going to be pretty spooky. But uh, yes, I, I definitely am recommending this for fans of those kind of things um, because I'm also in, in that group of weirdos with you all, and I appreciate you. So that is my recommendation, and thanks so much for letting me throw it on here. So bye! Join us next time on Library Gals. Go to the library where we geek out about books, movies, and more. You can email us your questions, comments, or concerns, any feedback you like, at libraryguys at delawarelibrary.org. To check out all the digital resources mentioned in today's episode, or to request any items for your reading, viewing, or listening pleasure, visit DelawareLibrary.org. We'll see you soon.